0: This morning we're going to think about the question, what does the Bible say about gossip? The scriptures make it very clear that the words that we use as Christians, uh, how we speak about each other, uh, what we say about others, it certainly matters. And one area maybe that we we don't think about as much as we should is gossip. Something that God makes very clear in his word is, in fact, a sin. Now, I think it's important to point out, hopefully we already know this, but if not, it's good to remind us of this. Gossip is not a sin that is limited to women. Men face the temptation to gossip as well. So this is not a sin that only part of the people here this morning struggle with. This is something for all of us to think about. So this morning, if you take notes, I know some of you do. This one's going to be structured a little bit differently so to help you if you take notes. We're first going to notice some Bible verses that discuss gossip and then after we go through those verses together, we're going to think about the difference between words that hurt versus words that help. We'll develop a fuller picture of gossip as we go but I think it's also important to point out that gossip is not merely sharing news Uh, it's not gossip to say hey did you hear that so-and-so is in the hospital or that so-and-so has had surgery or that so-and-so has lost a loved one that in and of itself is not gossip I hopefully we know that but sometimes I think we get a bit confused on what is and what isn't Gossip, merely sharing news with someone about someone we love or someone close to us, that's not gossip. And we'll notice that as we go along in our lesson together this morning. So, first of all, as we think about some Bible verses that talk about gossip, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, Paul, as he's wrapping up this second letter that we have to the church in Corinth, a church that had had many problems and many struggles dealing with many issues in that church, Paul writes to them near the end, and he says, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, and tumults. The idea of a backbiter is it's the idea of slander, someone who slanders others. And the word for slander in the Old Testament, you remember how when Moses sent those spies to spy out the land of Canaan and Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who came back with a good report. That idea of slander is connected to what the other spies did. What did they do? They brought back a bad report of the land and truly, they also exaggerated the, the negative aspects of the land. There was a, a distrusting God. They exaggerated the bad, and they forgot about the good. That's what was in their bad report. This idea of, of slander or backbiting, it's connected to that idea. It's a bad report. It's sharing the bad about someone, but not interested in sharing the other things. When Paul says there are whisperings, this idea for whisper or a whisperer is gossip related to complaining or murmuring. So it may be talking bad about someone complaining about murmuring about something that's happened. So Paul says that gossip, and these words are all connected to gossip, gossip, gossip is something that ought not to be found in the church. He says, I'm concerned that when I come, I'm going to find these things. And the implication is, these things ought not, this is something I shouldn't find, but I'm afraid that when I come, I'm going to find this. And gossip is one of those things. Gossip should not be found among the Lord's people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through verse 31, there the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, he emphasizes how that, Corrupt words and evil speaking, that's something that must be put away. That's something that should not be a part of the Christian's life anymore. He says in Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, building up, strengthening, encouraging others, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And then he says in verse 31, Let all bitterness Wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. This verse sort of in a general way, it, in an umbrella statement, captures all evil speaking. These are things that must be put away from you as a child of God. This should not be something that you continue to do. Our words, our mouths shouldn't be used in this way. And gossip would be included under this. In James chapter 1... Verse 26, James reminds Christians that failing to control our words means that our religion is useless, it's worthless, it's vain. He says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle, control his tongue, but deceives his own heart, This one's religion is useless, it's meaningless, it means nothing. It's of no use to you or anyone else if as Christians we do not keep control over the things that we say. Failing to control our words means that our religion is useless. Later on in the book of James, in James 4 verse 11, James reminds Christians, he says, "...do not speak evil of one another, brethren." Christians must be very careful how we speak, certainly of other people who are not Christians, but especially how we speak about our own brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we've noticed a few New Testament passages. We'll notice a few more as we go on. But I want to turn our attention then back to the Old Testament, especially the book of Proverbs. Solomon in the book of Proverbs has quite a bit to say about wise living. Here's how a wise person, here's how someone who submits to God's wisdom lives their life. And he has quite a bit to say about our words and especially connected to this idea of gossip and slander. He says, whoever hides hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a Fool. In other words, spreading slander, this is connected to bad report, this is connected to gossip. Whoever spreads that is not living a wise life. They're not submitting their life to the wisdom that's from above. They're not submitting their life to God's wisdom, but they're doing the opposite. They're behaving as a fool. A few verses later, in fact, the next few verses, Proverbs chapter 10 Verse 19 through verse 21, Solomon says that the wise control their words and choose their words very carefully. Proverbs 10, beginning in verse 19, he says, In the multitude of words sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lip of the righteous is Feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Those who are wise, he says, control their words and pick their words carefully. They, they say what needs to be said, and what they say is valuable. It's something that's worth hearing. It's something that's going to be valuable to those who hear it. But those who do not choose their words carefully, those who, as he says in verse 19, they just say whatever... He says in the multitude of words of someone who doesn't control what they say sin is not lacking and it's not valuable to those who hear it. In Proverbs 11 verse number 13 the Solomon Solomon says that a talebearer reveals secrets but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. A talebearer is the idea is connected to the idea of traveling but here it's connected to someone who goes around taking gossip around to others so they're not just kind of sitting back and waiting on others to come to them but they're actually the ones initiating it they are going out and taking it to others he says a gossip betrays someone's confidence someone may confide in this person Maybe something that they're going through or something that they're dealing with or something they're struggling with. And a gossip spreads that far and wide to anyone who will listen. A gossip betrays someone's confidence. A few chapters later, in Proverbs 16, verse 28, we learn that a gossip, in fact, destroys friendships. A perverse man Some translations, I think, will say a dishonest man sows strife. And a whisperer separates the best of friends. A gossip separates friendships, tears friendships apart, separates the best of friends. A chapter later in Proverbs 17 in verse 9. To keep talking about a matter that we shouldn't talk about. It betrays our lack of love for others. In Proverbs 17, verse 9, it says, He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter, and the idea here is something that ought not be repeated, something that it shouldn't continue to to be part of our conversation. He who separates or repeats a matter separates friends. To keep talking about a matter we shouldn't, it demonstrates that we have a lack of love for others, for those that we should be loving, for those that we should be acting in such a way that is best for them, that shows how much we love them, repeating a matter we shouldn't. It separates friends. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 6 through verse 7 tells us that the mouth of a fool causes them many problems in this life. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. Maybe you've known somebody like that before. A fool's mouth, Solomon says, is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. A fool's mouth because they will say what they want to say, whether it needs to be said or not, a fool's mouth causes them many problems. In the following verse, that really goes along with it the words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, a sweet treat. It tastes so good, it sounds so good. And they go down into the inmost body. Gossip. Sounds so good at first, and it's so easily believed. It's like those tasty little treats. If you have a sweet tooth, it's whatever your favorite sweet treat is. It's like that is the picture here. It tastes, oh, it sounds so good to tell it or to hear it. But the implication here is it does far more damage to you than you even realize. You go forward to Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 19, and Solomon says, A gossip will find themselves without friends. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. And then he says, Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. And the implication here is Solomon is saying, If they'll talk about someone else, then they'll talk about you. Therefore, revealing things that ought not be revealed, do not associate, he says, with someone like that, because eventually they will share something about you that ought not to be revealed. We go forward to Proverbs 26, verse 20 through verse 22, and the writer of Proverbs says that without a gossip, without gossip, many problems would cease to exist altogether. In Proverbs chapter 26, beginning with verse 20, the writer says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no talebearer, where there is no gossip, strife ceases. As charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious, a contentious man to kindle strife. And again, this verse, he says it again. The words of a talebearer, are like tasty trifles. They go down into the inmost body. Without gossip, many problems would just totally cease to exist altogether. So these are some of the verses from Proverbs. These are just some of them. But Solomon writes about the, the wisdom of controlling our words and being careful what we say and careful what we listen to. He emphasizes this over and over again as we go through the book of Proverbs. Now, we move back into the New Testament for just a few more verses. In First Timothy chapter five, verse 13, Paul writing to Timothy, and he tells Timothy that idleness can lead to gossip. Idleness in the lives of the members of the church can lead to gossip. He says in First Timothy 5:13, he says, "And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. Not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies. Busybody is the idea of meddling in the affairs of others, meddling in things that they ought not be meddled in. But also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Paul here connects idleness, not being busy, whether also having a job or busy in the church, but being idle, he connects that to the danger of gossip and meddling in other people's affairs. Idleness can lead to gossip. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, verse 8, and verse 11, Paul mentions that the leaders of the church and their wives must be above reproach in their speech. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, Paul he says, bishops, the idea here is an overseer, an elder, must then be blameless. This would cover this sin that we're talking about this morning. That There must not be a charge that's able to be laid against them. Not that they're sinlessly perfect, but that this is not the kind of life that they lead. You drop down into verse 8, speaking of deacons. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not Double-tongued, this idea of gossip, of slander, would come in here when he says not double-tongued. And then you drop down to verse 11. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers. So you see, the leaders of the church and their wives, they must be above reproach in regards to their words. In Romans chapter 1. Verse 28 through verse 32, there where Paul lists this long list of sins that the Gentile world, who had rejected God, was engaged in. In the middle of that, in verse 28, he says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And there's this long list of sins. And at the end of verse 29, he adds in, They are whisperers. In verse 30, they are backbiters, included along with things like violent, with things like sexual immorality, covetousness, included in all of that, disobedient to parents. There's whisperers and backbiters. Verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So it's not just those who practice, who do these things, but there's even those who approve of this, who may not do it themselves, but, you know, I'll go along with it, but I'm not going to do that. He says even those are deserving of death. Gossip is included in Paul's list of evil among the Gentiles, the godless wicked immoral society that surrounds us and then the last passage we'll think about is Titus chapter 2 verse 1 through verse 8 and Paul there writing to Titus giving him guidance on things he needs to be teaching to help the Lord's church and in Titus 2 verse 1 through 8 Paul points out that proper behavior in the church for older men for older women for younger men for younger women Proper behavior as a Christian in the Lord's church includes controlling our words. It says in Titus 2, he says, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Paul tells Titus, this is what you need to tell the church. This is one of the things they need to hear. He says that the older women likewise, likewise the older men, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Likewise, in the same way as the older men and the older women, likewise exhort the young men to be sober-minded, he says, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. Now, those are quite a few verses we've gone through in a relatively short period of time, but I wanted to do that this morning just to show you that God has so much to say about just this subject. Uh, We've not even covered all of the verses that we could have covered, but these are just a sample, just some, of what God has said, showing us that gossip, that how we use our words, how we talk about others, the kinds of things we're willing to listen to about others, this is something that matters very much to God. This is something that tremendously matters as to the health of a congregation of the Lord's people. Now, having laid that groundwork, reminding us gossip is indeed sinful. And it's something that we as Christians should not be involved in. What is the difference? Because in Scripture there is a difference. What is the difference between gossip and conferring? What's the difference in gossiping to someone else and going to someone else with something that's on your mind, maybe... A loved one you have, maybe it's your spouse or maybe it's a parent, someone you love is dealing with something that's very difficult in their life and you're needing help on how do I help them? Okay, God points out gossip bad, conferring to help someone is good. But what's the difference and how do we know the difference? How do we know if we're doing one or the other? Well. Conferral is praised. the verses there on the screen, Proverbs 1, 5, Proverbs 13, 10, Proverbs 15, verse 22. This idea of conferring with others, seeking out counsel, seeking out advice, what do I do? That is praised by God. And in fact, Proverbs 18, verse 17 points out that failing to do that failing to seek out wise counsel, failing to turn to others. What I do in this situation, failing to do that is actually, it shows an error in judgment. It's actually foolish and not wise. So gossip is condemned, but conferring with someone for the sake of How do I deal with this? What can I do to help this person? Maybe you know someone that's been through a similar situation and you go to them for help or for guidance. What do I do to help my husband, my wife, my father, my mother, this friend? What do I do? That's praised in Scripture. We also think about the leaders of the church, our shepherds, our elders. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1 through 4 and 1 Corinthians 1 11 it shows that the leadership of the church our elders they they have to have open communication among themselves about the struggles and the shortcomings of the sheep sometimes they'll have to talk about how do we help brother so and so or how do we help sister so and so or what can we do to help this family They have to talk about among themselves sometimes. What can we do to help this sheep maybe who is struggling to bring them back to the right way? Or how can we strengthen them in their walk with God? It's interesting, the passage on the screen, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 11. Paul talks about how Chloe and her household had gotten a message through to him and had apparently written to Paul saying, There are so many problems going on at Corinth. Can you help us? That seems to be the idea behind the message they sent to Paul. They turned to someone they viewed as one of the leaders, someone who could help them, to help them with this issue. But also, as we think about this difference between gossip and conferring with others, while we ought to keep some matters to ourselves, that doesn't mean... That we, that we cover up someone else's sinful living for them, that they're living in sin, they are living a rebellious, sinful lifestyle, and we're just going to hide it because we don't, you know, we don't want anyone to find out what they're doing, and we just let them keep living that lifestyle. We find in Scripture that what we must do is we must seek to help them. And as Jesus mentions in Matthew 18, verse 16 and 17, sometimes that means... After our efforts to help them have failed, sometimes that means going to someone else and seeking to help others. Sometimes we will need to talk to someone else about what's going on in in maybe the life of someone that we love or someone that we care about very deeply. But how do we make sure that we aren't gossiping when we do that? In doing some research for this lesson... I found a a comparison chart, and I sure hope it's bigger for you than it is for me, but I think it does a good job in pulling in all of these biblical principles we've talked about this morning and showing the difference. What's the difference in talking to someone else, maybe about something going on in the life of our husband, our wife, our father, our mother, someone we love, talking to someone else, conferring with them, seeking advice and help and gossiping. What's the difference? First of all, conferring with someone else, it's motivated by a desire to help the person and the body of Christ. Conferring, the motivation is, I'm seeking to help this individual who's hurting, who's struggling. That's the whole motivation, to help them to help the body of Christ. Whereas with gossip, the motivation is there is a lack of of concern or sometimes even a desire to to hurt the individual in some way. The motivation with conferring is love and seeking to help. The motivation with gossip, there's no love, there's no concern, there's no seeking to help. Also with conferring, those who will confer, they only go to responsible people who can help. They turn to responsible individuals who they know will not spread this, who they know can help the situation. Whereas gossiping talks to whomever they please without regard for its effect on that person. They're just willing, whoever will listen, that's who they're gonna talk to. But conferring is very careful who they share it with. They're only looking to share it with those who can help. Conferring with others only does so about live issues, something that's going on right now. They don't dig back into the past. They don't drudge up whatever has happened in the past, but they're dealing with something that's happening here and now. Whereas gossiping, it talks past, dead, or even purely personal issues. It'll go way back and talk about what so-and-so did to me 10 years ago. Conferring doesn't deal with that. Conferring also is done in addition to talking to the person if needed. It's done after, as we talked about in Matthew 18. Jesus says, go to this individual who is in sin. You've gone to them. You've tried to help them one-on-one. But if that doesn't work, conferring is then done in addition to now having tried to help them. Whereas gossiping, is done instead of talking to the person if needed. Gossiping never goes to the individual that's struggling with sin, who's hurting with whatever the situation may be. It never goes to them, but it's more than willing to talk about their situation. Conferring with others carefully when they do go to someone else. They carefully explain the context of the problem to the person they're talking to. They want them to know everything that's needed because they're going to help this person. And so they want the one they're going to to know everything that they need to know so that this person can be helped. But the gossip will neglect or even maybe distort the context of the problem. You remember the spies the ten spies that brought back a bad report from the land of Canaan, what did they do? They distorted. They exaggerated the problem. They're giants, and we're like grasshoppers. We can't beat them. They exaggerate the problem. They distort the problem. And gossip will do that as well. Conferral, going to someone else and conferring, it actually promotes more trust, more openness, And less gossip in the body of Christ. Because it's all done out of love and for a desire to help those who are struggling, who are hurting, who are suffering. But gossip, it promotes a fear of openness. And more gossip in the body of Christ. Gossip actually discourages people from going to someone with their struggles or with their problems. Or it discourages individuals from going to someone for help because they know they can't trust anyone to truly care about this individual. Conferring with others, it discourages sharing when it's not relevant or it interferes with loving others, whereas gossip will pressure others to tell them simply for the pleasure of being in the know. And then finally, conferring with others, it respects the limits of need-to-know information. We don't need to know, you and I don't need to know everything that's going on. Some of you may think that I know everything that goes on. I can tell you right now, there's a lot that the elders don't ever come to me on, and that's totally all right, because it's not need-to-know information for me. And that's that's something that we all need to think about. Respect the limits of need-to-know information, whereas a gossip feels entitled to know everything that's going on. Now, I know that was a lot of information this morning. Hopefully, it has helped to paint a biblical picture of what gossip is and why it's so destructive and why it's so dangerous in the church. As we think about our Lord, Jesus' words were always used to try and help others, and to encourage them to turn away from their sin and to turn to God. Everything he did was motivated by a desire to help this person, to save their soul. That was his motivation in everything he did and everything he said. And if we use our words for things like gossip, then how can we show others that Christ is living in us? Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, where Paul tells the church in Philippi to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What you see about that mindset is it's a mindset of humility, but it's also a mindset of deep love and concern for others. If we are engaged in things like gossip, then we cannot show our brothers and sisters in Christ, we cannot show the world around us that Jesus is living in us. We have a responsibility to let our light shine, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, and to reach the lost with the gospel in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And gossip not only has a negative impact on our mission as God's people to go into all the world with the gospel, to let our light shine, but it also endangers our own soul as well this morning as we have studied what the Bible has to say about gossip I hope this has been helpful to you I hope it has helped us to think about that the words that we say mean something and how we treat others with what we say with how we say it with the information we share it matters God has told us this matters tremendously in the church in the body of Christ and so as we have studied this this morning I hope it has helped to shed some light on what God has to say about gossip, and I hope it encourages us to use our words following the example of Christ in a way that is seeking to always help and to love those we come in contact with. If you are a child of God here this morning, and you have gone back into sin, and you've turned from God, perhaps you know that this is a sin This is something that you are doing in your life, and you want to repent of that. You want to make it right, whether privately or whether publicly. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. We will encourage you in your walk with Christ. God has promised that he will forgive you if you will but turn back to him. If you're not a Christian, then the greatest decision that you can make in your life is turning to the one whose every action, whose every word was demonstrated the love that he had for you and has for you and his willingness to save your soul by believing Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God, repenting of your sins, confessing his name and being buried in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. God has promised that through the blood of Christ, he will forgive you of your sins and you will be added to the church and you will stand right with God. This morning, if you need to respond, won't you come together as we stand and as we sing?